It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. I am your host, Mark Schlereth, along with my co-host, Mike Evans. Scott DeHuff producing the show. I'd like to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Michael, how are you, buddy? Man, I am good. I am good. Uh, I want to apologize on behalf of all fish after uh, oh. what you apparently did uh, last night in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, I, I went to this. Uh, it was my niece's birthday, so we went to this... Uh, Really cool kind of dining experience, you know? Like, I mean, it's, that sounds weird, but it was this restaurant that's like this kind of speakeasy thing, right? A bar in the front, and they take you back. You ever see, uh, oh gosh, you ever see the movie, uh, what was it, uh, Keeping Up with the Joneses, where it's this uh, neighborhood family that gets roped into these two kind of spies that, that move into the yes, family. Yes, yes, yes. It's a, it's a funny movie. It's uh, with Zach Galifianakis yeah, or whatever yeah. his name is. Anyhow, it's a funny movie. John Hamm is in that um, gal, what's her name? Gal Gadot or something like that? Yeah, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Mm. Anyhow, um, a really funny movie. But that that was like, like all of a sudden you're in this back room. You're walking through the kitchen and you're they, boy, they do the dishes and stuff. And then you're in this little back room and there's uh, there's a, like a sushi bar for eight. And they go through a 17 course. Su- uh, it's it's raw fish sus- sushimi, I guess is what they call that. And they make each one like the eight like the eight rolls. They're gonna make them by hand right there in front of you. They'll they'll walk you through what they're doing, what they're putting on it and stuff. And then it's just one after the other. Well, my wife won't eat the raw fish. She's like, Brr. so I double dose. So I, I literally had a, it's what I say, seventeen course, thirty four course meal. <laughs> wow. Um, if anybody can pull it off, you can. Right. So, which is probably why in the middle of this show, I'm going to have to excuse myself yeah. for a minute. Yeah. That uh, um, that one could be epic. Yeah, just to uh, you know, just to 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 release the hostages back into the stream. What well, smells like an aquarium uh, around yeah. here? Oh, that's Mark. <laughs> Swim home, little fishies. Since, Swim home. Since when did the Fox Studios get moved down by the pier? Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was phenomenal though. Yeah. And then I walk out and. Um, you know Al Michaels, right? Sunday night. Yeah, familiar with the guy. Yeah, Steve Michaels, his son, who's a big Hollywood. You know, he's a he's he's had an unbelievable career. He's had a bunch of uh, production companies and things of that nature. Is standing in the lobby of this in the bar area. So I was like reminiscing with him because we've done a couple of things together, a couple of projects together, and I was like, "This is awesome. This it, it, you know, great to see you." Blah blah blah. And he goes, oh, man, it's so cool that you're here at my restaurant. I was like, what? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, this is one of my restaurants. This is one of my, the investments I'm in is these restaurants, these kind of these kind of dining experience restaurants. So anyhow, I chopped it up with Steve Michaels for a while, and then I was like, well, what about the discount? Yeah. And he's like, uh, there are no discounts at this at this, rest, at this establishment. So anyhow, like, but it was fun. <laughs> I was yeah. just kidding. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> right. Discount? Are you kidding me? I'm a bigwig. <laughs> Can I get a discount? Um, that there was no discount to be had, Mike. Well, I know you like good snark. Yeah, you're a fan of good, good snark. I love it. And what did you think? Was it done intentionally when Bill Belichick, after the Patriots win over the Eagles, said, "quote It was really a good team victory for us today." I am really proud of the way our guys competed. 
Then he went on, blah, 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 blah. And he said, it looked like everyone had fun out there today. Right. Now, was that an intentional jab throwing shade at Lane Johnson of the Eagles, who after the Eagles won the Super Bowl said, you know what, I'd rather just win one Super Bowl and have fun rather than win multiple Super Bowls in New England and be miserable. Um, There is no question that that was intended toward Lane Johnson, and that's the kind of snark that his players love. You ask anybody about Bill Belichick, behind closed doors, he's actually funny. He actually is on his players. He actually throws them a lot of grief. Um, And, you know, and he's very in tune with that kind of stuff. And there's no question that that stuff motivates him. And I personally, I just, I find it great. I think it's awesome, right? Throw a little shade, throw a little a little snark the way of Lane Johnson. Looks like all the players had fun out there. You know, I mean that is that is so Bill Belichick, um, the school of Bill Belichick, one oh one right there. I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was great. Well, I'm glad Bill is in a good mood because his quarterback isn't. Uh, Tom Brady reportedly kind of moping and uh, sulking. Uh, uh, really down on the play of the offense. Uh, did not put out one of those cheesy "Let's go" videos after right, they won after a game, the- and now he's liking Antonio Brown stuff on on social media. Um, what's up with uh, your boy Tom? And is he in the process of uh, falling off the cliff? Everybody's been trying to predict he'd fall off the last couple of years. He's on pace, Mark, to throw the fewest touchdowns. In a season since his rookie year back in 2001. Well, not his rookie year, but the first year he was uh, he was a starter. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Can you hold that thought, Mike? I'm going to be right back. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll be right back. Let's leave that in there. <laughs> yeah, put some music behind that. Hold on. I'll be right back. Thank you for your patience. And thank you for tuning in to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. We apologize for this slight inconvenience. Mark's bowels are acting up, but don't worry. They act quickly. He will be back very shortly. I am back. I'm back. You guys there? Hello? Hello? Are you there? Wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. That was like that was like 45 seconds. What? Yeah. Come uh, on. That's imp- I'm sorry. I'm calling BS on that. That's no, impossible. Well, there's two things. One, I didn't have to push. And two... I think, I think, I think, I, I think those fish had a lot of fiber. In them. Oh, I just, oh, I'm, I'm just saying there was a fibrous fish that I was eating last night. So that's all I got to tell you, Mike. All right, back to Tom Brady. Though. Yeah, back to uh, Tom. Yeah, mm, awkward. Back, back to Tom Brady. You know, it, interestingly enough, you know, he came out this week and he talked about, hey, this is how we have to win football games. We got to play stellar uh, special teams, great defense. That's how we're built right now. Almost like a message to the organization, like, hey guys, I could use some help now. And I think they're getting their starting left tackle back when, you know, the kid they took, uh, I think, out of – was he out of Georgia, yeah, Georgia Mike? Yeah. They, they kept getting hurt. I think they're getting him back. That should help them a little bit, depending upon – I don't know if he'll be able to play this week or, or when he'll be able to play, but he's a good young player, so if he can stay healthy. But, yeah, it almost feels like Tom Brady is basically saying to the organization, I'd like a little help right here. Even if it's Antonio Brown, let's, uh, you know, let's figure this thing out. So – 
That feels that way to me. Is is what he's asking for right now? I don't know about you. What do you think? Well, there's no. I don't think he was ever in favor of getting rid of Antonio Brown in the first place. But come on, I mean, hasn't that that ship sailed? Even though Antonio Brown's apologizing to Robert Kraft, I guess, right? Well, yeah. (laughs) If if it was Antonio Brown, right? Speaking of speaking of turds, you know, uh, (laughs) we had earlier. I mean, that there's there's a guy that's that you want to talk about. Here, here, have you ever looked at any of his posts on social media, whether it's Instagram or Twitter? There is one. All right, you're going to make an apology to Robert Kraft. There is no possible way you wrote that tweet. That thing has punctuation. That th- there's no it's coherent. You had a semicolon. You know what a semicolon is? <laughs> no, you don't. Right? I mean, it's like me. Like I, I'm not putting any semicolons in anything. Right? There's no way you even like if you're going to be sincere about apologizing to people, at least write it from your own account. Don't have your people write it. And oh, by the way, you put a bunch of videos out there on Instagram, you know, busting people's nuts. You, you should at least put a sincere video up, um, you know, actually asking for forgiveness. Like if you're going to do it, let's show some at least, you know, some real con- contrition as opposed to contrived contrition. Um, like I say everywhere, I, I say this all the time, and, and this is this guy in general. If everywhere you go, it, it, like, one, you're not a victim. And if everywhere you go it smells like shit, it's probably you. Um, that's that's him. And so unless there's some – unless he's reaching out to people that we don't know about and truly apologizing for his actions, I don't think there's a whole lot of room for Antonio Brown on the Patriots or anywhere else. Yeah, those statements that you see players uh, right. write in, yeah, after they've gotten into some sort of trouble, I mean, you could see that a mile away that it was written by either the team or mm-hmm. some PR firm or an agent, whatever. It's, it's clearly not coming from them. But while we're on the subject of quarterbacks going off the cliff, uh-huh. can you uh, explain to me what's going on with Phillip Rivers? Back-to-back games against Oakland and Kansas City, I mean, key, crucial games to get the Chargers back into contention. And and Phillip throws a combined seven picks I know in those it, two it, games. Well, I mean, I think there's a couple of things. One, I mean, they have had injuries offensive line-wise. They haven't played very well up there. They've had injuries across the offense. Um, everything that – I mean, Phillip is operating the game and the game plan from the line of scrimmage. It's like he's his own offensive coordinator. So, you know, a, a part of it is – you feel like, hey, man, I've got to be the guy in charge. I've got to do everything. I mean, let me ask you this. How in the hell can you throw four picks, all right? How do you throw four picks, put your your team behind the eight ball? How do you get that done, Mike? And still it comes down to a last-minute drive in a 17-24 game to tie the thing up, right? If you're Kansas City, how concerned are you? That you're in a game where your opposing quarterback gave up four picks, and you're and you're fighting tooth and nail with a, a, a shoddy defense at best, with a, with 30 seconds that Philip Rivers could tie the game up. I mean that's that to me is a concern. I mean I understand that that the Chargers have had injuries, and I understand that you know from a talent standpoint they've got some some issues because of those injuries. But you're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the most dynamic offensive football teams in all of in all the game that let that thing get to a 17-24 score and had a chance to you know chance to give up the uh, the the tying touchdown and, and subsequent extra point. 
that's a concern, Mike, if you're Kansas City, right? The funny thing is, oh, yeah, absolutely. One more final thought, though, on on Rivers is that he's only 37. You know, and I I, I know 37, but with the way these quarterbacks are now, I think of these guys as getting to 40. So 37, Mm -hmm. to me, Phillip Rivers should still have – Plenty left in the tank, so right. I, I, I still think this is a bit of an aberration that it's not who he still is or or still can be. Right. I think when I here's the deal when when you're required to make all the plays for your team, you know, and you're operating that way. It this just me, my feeling. You just end up taking more chances, you know, and and when it all falls on your shoulders. Remember, I think they. Fire their offensive coordinator. So they have a new offensive coordinator. It looks to me in that particular game like Phillip Rivers was the offensive coordinator. He was doing everything on his own at the line of scrimmage. Um, and, and, oh, by the way, you know, I know a lot of quarterbacks think that this is the way I want it and I want to be able to control the line of scrimmage. We heard, you know, we heard uh, or control at the line of scrimmage. I, we heard Aaron Rodgers this offseason. Like, I've got, you know, how, whatever, 12 years of seeing it. You know, I, you know, why should be able to call the plays? Well, let me just tell you, as a member of a team, offensive linemen hate that. Like sitting on your haunches and having to wait for the quarterback behind you to make decide what we're going to run. It's a miserable place, kind of a miserable place to play from, Mike. And so I I would tell you that I, I think it's really hard for any quarterback to have that on his shoulders the whole time. And they're going to be they're going to be more mistakes that way. That's just me and the way I feel about it. So I think you're right. I think it's you know we've been waiting for Tom Brady to fall off the table for now since he was in his 30s. You know he's 42, um, and I, I think I think Philip Rivers is fine. I think that's the you know the rest of the team. Maybe he can't hoist the team on his shoulders and drive them down like he he once did. Um, but I still think he's fine. He just needs talent around. Him. What about uh, what about the Chiefs? Let's go back to them. Is there? They just don't look like the same team as as last year. Has the league you know caught up to what you know they're doing with the Patrick Mahomes offense? No, I, I don't think I don't think so much that. I mean, they've had some injuries as well, and you know you saw Tyreek Hill go out of that game early. They've got one of the most dynamic football teams. I, I just don't think like the Chiefs aren't built. Like, the Chiefs aren't built, in my mind, for postseason success. And the reason I say that is, one, you know, they have – defensively, they can't stop anybody or consistently stop anybody. And offensively, their whole team is predicated – I mean, I don't have the numbers sitting in front of me, Mike, but just from the eyeball test, I mean, I would venture to guess if you if I was a gambling man and you were going to put it – you know, say, hey, my, you got to make this bet, I would venture to guess there's nobody with more 40-yard scores – than the than the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean they score from long distance on a on a I mean on a pretty regular basis as an offense, and you know you take all that away come playoff time when it's cold and it's windy and it's nasty and the weather's bad and and uh, you know and you're playing against really good defenses that really know what they're doing, I mean you're not gonna. You, it's very rarely in those situations you're going to score three 40-yard-plus touchdowns, right? And so then it comes down to driving the ball, keeping it together, you know, consistently being able to convert in short yardage situations and all those different things, and then having a defense that can get you the ball back. I, I just don't think necessarily that they're built for, for postseason success. That's just how I feel about the Chiefs. So <laughs> can the Oakland Raiders win the West? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, one, I, I will tell you this. They still lack some talent on the defensive side and outside the number, so to speak. You know, receivers, um, there's a question mark. I, I will tell you that I think John Gruden, as much grief as he took last year, John Gruden is doing a hell of a job coaching his football team. Um, One, up front, they are beastly. I mean, they just bludgeon people. Richie Incognito playing great football. The Colton Miller kid who they drafted in the first round a year ago at left tackle, really playing good football. Rodney Hudson's an all-pro player at the center position. They got Gabe Jackson back after about six weeks uh, coming off an injury. He's playing great football. Trent Brown, the guy they the guy they got in free agency from the New England Patriots, just absolutely great football. They've morphed into once they lost Antonio Brown, and then they had some injury at the receiver position. They morphed into a double tight end fullback, like they're twenty one, twenty two personnel sets. They're you know they're twelve, they're thirteen. I mean they play probably as much fullback and tight end football as anybody in 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 the game, maybe more, um, in kind of heavy loaded formations, and they just beat people down. Like I could see the Raiders going into Kansas City. Now they lost. Uh, I think week two they lost to Kansas City. I think it was twenty eight to ten, if I remember correctly. And I think I think Kansas City scored all twenty eight points like in the second quarter, Mike. Um, off of off a bunch of forty yard touchdowns. Imagine that, and and so uh, and and as I remember, because I did I did the Raiders shortly thereafter. They're just a bunch of defensive coverage breakdowns. So, like I'm looking at this kind of how this has kind of come full circle. Man, couldn't you see them going into Kansas City and just completely controlling the tempo of the game, driving the football, running the snot out of it? Their quarterback completing little short passes and. And keeping Mahomes off the field, I, that, that's what they do. By the way, I saw the stat, and I don't know from when it's from, but the Raiders are one of the only teams, and I don't know if it's in the history or in the last ten years, or the last twenty years, whatever it is. But one of the only teams that has ten plus sacks production wise from rookies and ten plus touchdowns production from rookies. I mean, you want to talk about, hey, let's let's get rid of Khalil Mack, let's get rid of some players, and let's build this thing up. You know, let's strip it down to the studs and build it back up. They seem to know what they're doing with Mike Mayock over there. And by the way, talking to Mike Mayock, Mike Mayock is like, hey, listen, man, I'm building this from the inside out. I mean, I had this conversation with him a couple weeks ago, building this from the inside out. And oh, by the way, he said, my dad was an old O-line coach. He was an O-line coach. That's what I grew up with. So I know the importance. I know that that's the backbone of your football team. And that's one place I refuse to be weak. We are going to be strong at the offensive line, they've got one of the best coaches in the business, and Tom Cable coaching their offensive line. They are doing a hell of a job up front right now. So oh, I just praised the like, that man. I know. Tur- it's like eating a turd sandwich. This this whole podcast has been de- just enveloped by poop. <laughs> I just like well, eat a turd sandwich how, right how there. How is this podcast different than any other one we've done? Well, this is the first it always one seems ever- to come up at some point. This is this is the first one I ever had to take a break to actually use the facilities. Good point. Good point. Yeah. All right. So here we are talking about the Raiders as a legitimate playoff team. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. over in the NFC, teams like the Eagles and the Rams are in real danger of of missing the playoffs. What you know, the Eagles' offense, granted, was going up against a you know a tough Patriots defense, mm-hmm. but. 
you know, that that lacked any kind of real pizzazz. And what's happened to boy wonder Sean McVay? His offense looks real boring. Yeah, yeah. Well, his it's interesting because his offense, to me, um, you know, I had talked to a coach in the NFC West that goes, hell, I know Sean McVay better than he knows himself. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, it's it just like they, you know, they, I think, they got away from the formula, and their formula was the illusion of complexity. Show you a bunch of motion, show you a bunch of three wide formations, make you worry about coverage, make you worry about you know about seven in the box, and and making sure you don't get beat over the top, and then bludgeon you in the running game. And I just think they they completely got away from their formula, and and some of it is is not because they wanted to get away from it. Some of it's because they chose not to re-sign Roger Saffel because they didn't want to pay him. Um, their center retired. Uh, they had some changes on the offensive line. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because when you play next to a guy who's really good and then all of a sudden you're playing next to a guy who's really young and not and not up to snuff, your game deteriorates. So, so like, you know, um, Wentworth at the left tackle, his game isn't as good because he's busy, you know, trying to help the young guy playing next to him out. And so then, then in doing that, you're trying to elevate that guy's game, but a little bit of your game deteriorates, if that makes sense, because, you know, you're maybe a little late on a couple of accounts because you're telling the guy what we got, what we're going to do, this, that, and the other. You're not on the same page. You know, maybe you're dragging a little bit too long to help him out. Like, there are things that happen to you, and um, and and I think all those things are really the, the things that really affected McVay and this football team early and we'll see if they rectify it they got a win um they got a win last week so they're kind of hopefully or for them they're they're back on track but yeah I, I you know that's uh, that is it's an interesting it's an interesting thing that's going on in Los Angeles right now and the Eagles the Eagles have been so beat up and so injured and I think the Eagles are going to make a run like I'm not going to be surprised when Dallas you know, who Tom Brady even called America's team still. Dallas, I believe they go to New England, right, to play the the Patriots. Mm -hmm. I am not going to be surprised at the end of this thing if the Philadelphia Eagles usurp the Dallas Cowboys and take over the lead in the NFC East. Mm, so That's a hot so, take. Right now, Dallas is 6-4. and four. Philadelphia is 5-5. Five and five. After Sunday's game, they're both going to be six and five, and Dallas will have a half game lead essentially because they beat Philly. But I, I think I personally think Philly is going to usurp the Cowboys and win the NFC East. Well, uh, okay, uh, Dallas has a tough one this week. They have to go up to Foxborough. Uh -huh. But boy, Dak Prescott's playing well right now. I mean, throwing the ball all right. over the place, putting up some. I mean, just. Huge passing numbers. Time to pay the man. Pay the man his money. Right. No, I'm Terrible with you on that. Terrible impression there, but uh, you, get, you, you get where I'm going. Yeah, that was. It was that pay was, that man his money. Eh, better than mine, but not great. Yeah. It was great. What do you mean not great? Eh, it wasn't that great. Pay that man his money. <laughs> How's that? All right, better. Okay, good. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I mean, like, what are they waiting for? Right, you know, I, I'm I'm 100 with you. What are you waiting for to see if 
Anybody else is interested? There will be people lined up at the door if he is allowed to become a free agent. Um, yeah, so, uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Pay him. I mean, I think they're trying to work that out. I think they're trying to figure it out, Mike. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think they've they've worked on it. But if I'm Dak Prescott, why am I going to give a hometown discount? Why would you at this point? You're not, right? Mm-hmm. So what's market value? Like, what is market value? Maybe they're waiting to see if, you know, because they, they can franchise him, right? So maybe they're waiting to see what they do if they get the playoffs. Because if they, hey, listen, right now they're, they're what I said they were, they're five and four. If they get into the playoffs and, and maybe make a run on the playoffs, you pay a market value. If they don't get to the playoffs, do at some point you come back to them and go, dude, you guys, you're not a playoff quarterback or you didn't get us to the playoffs this year. And and maybe you get a little bit less. Maybe you you sign him for right right now. What Russell Wilson is kind of the standard, right? And you're always trying to usurp the standard. I I don't I don't know what I mean. You should have done it. You probably should have done it a long time ago. But you're going to end up paying him more than you want to pay him anyhow. So you might as well get paying, right? Write a check. Scratch it out. Let's go. Because you're right. What are you going to start all over at the quarterback position? Start all over. No, and he hasn't been the reason you lo- you're no. losing, by the way. He's been great. Ezekiel Elliott's just kind of having a eh year, isn't he? He look what is what does he look like? One of them little Ewoks? <laughs> yes. He looks Yes, a, he does. He, he looks Ewokish. Ewok Ewokian. Ewok is it Ewokian? I have no Ewok-ish? idea. I have no idea. But yes, Ewok- he does look a little Ewokish. Ewokonian? Yeah. Ewokonian? <laughs> I'm not sure what the word is, but it is. It's I've seen the side by side, and I'm like, wait a minute. How about his play? Is he in that new? Is he in that new um, Disney Plus? Disney thing? No, Plus no. thing. What's that? What's the new the, the, thing the called? Man- the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Sounds like a. Uh, you know what that sounds like? It sounds like a uh, a song by. Uh, uh, hear the Mandalorian play. <laughs> Bruce right? Horn from Bruce Hornsby. Bruce Hornsby in the range. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a song from Bruce Hornsby in the oh range. Oh my me. God, you got me thinking about Bruce Hornsby. That's a, yeah, right. That's a that's a, that's a deep. To that's the a deep Mandalorian cut. play. <laughs> oh my God, you're helpless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who cares? Uh, let's end this thing. Let's hey, Mike. It. Thanks so much for uh, Do allowing. Do you feel better, me? by the way? I feel like uh, I feel wonderful. Good, I really good. Do. I'm so glad, guys. And, go out there and, and thank eat. you for making podcast history. I don't know if there's ever been a podcast ever that uh, was interrupted like that. Um, I don't know either. I don't. I don't know either. But I'm telling you what. Hey, guys, just a friendly reminder. Reminder from me to you: make sure you eat your fiber. <laughs> That's there. You go. Hey, this hey, this podcast brought to you by Fiber One. <laughs> or Charmin. Okay. Or Charmin. <laughs> Don't squeeze the Charmin. Right. Uh, or, you know me, uh wet wipes. Wet, <laughs> <laughs> Clean we, as a whistle. We, hey, for Mike we Evans. Need a sponsor. Yeah. For Mike <laughs> Evans and Scott the Huff, thank you so much for uh listening to the Stinking Truth Podcast.